Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Non-Sequitur Nerds. Tonight, we're going to need you to check for any trolls in Central Park, because we're going back to the land before time. Obviously, we're going to be talking about Don Bluth tonight. Joining me, as always, is Ian. How's it going, Ian? Going fairly well uh, today. I've um, got a bit of a headache. I don't really know why, but, you know, c'est la vie. That is life, right? Yeah, very true, very um, true. We are not here to talk about my woes, which include headache, school, so much more. Side effects may anyway. nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea, and death. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> uh, oh, wait, you mean life? I mean, yes. Side effects of life may include death. Um... Yes. <laughs> yes. When you kill something, it dies. Uh, that, very true, very true. Unless it doesn't. <laughs> Zombies. Yes, exactly. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, as Tim said, we are talking uh, Don Bluth, uh, who is one of, um, I would say he's one of the best known unknown animators that's kind of out there. Like, yeah, good analogy. You, when you when you think of when you think of animation studios nowadays, you think of obviously Disney. You think of Pixar. Yep. You think of. Uh, you know, DreamWorks, yep. uh, Illumination, the people that made those goddamn annoying minions. Um, <laughs> Dude, my kids love those. They love the minions, though. My kids do, too, but they were cute for a movie and a half, and then I... I stopped caring. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, so Don Bluth is one of those animators uh, that, um, as is most of, you know, older folks, started, cut his teeth at Disney in animation um many 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 years ago oh yeah it's, it's been a little while <laughs> yeah uh and then he uh, left to start his own studio and uh developed and delivered some of the some some quintessential classics really oh, from God, yeah absolutely up. absolutely yeah so uh you know don bluth is kind of characterized by a particular style you know more definitely traditional hand-drawn uh, you know, has certain the way certain characters kind of look. They they, you know, he the humans kind of are drawn almost uh, like the you know the golden age of Disney. Uh, yeah. You know, right? You know, type of characters. If you look at, um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna jump over to, to a video game real quick. But you know, Don Bluth also did Dragon's Lair. Uh, you know. Those uh, interactive games from back in the arcade era, oh, yeah. uh, Space Ace, uh, and the like, you know, uh, Dirk from Dragon's Lair uh, looks remarkably like you know some of the the characters in that look remarkably like uh, some of the characters from um, like the Sword in the Stone. I, I was going to say Sword in the Stone. Yeah, absolutely. They, it, you can definitely see the parallels there. But like, the, yeah, the, his, his animation was always like incredibly fluid, though. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, unnaturally fluid. But, I mean, that, that really, that that's what, part of what gave it its distinct look, though. Yeah. Yeah, no, they, um, they're they very well done, uh, very good movies. Um, you know, actually, you can also see some of his influence uh, on a, even a, a newer, newer-ish Disney movie, <laughs> which was, um, oh... Uh, he, I mean, he worked on Robin Hood, which was came out in the 1970s. Yeah, um, you can see his influence on that. Uh, he also did some animation for The Fox and the Hound, um, which, which, was, which was, I believe he did. Amazing, he did film. as a contractor, um, I believe, right. because that was after his departure from uh, from Disney. Um, 
you know, animation style on, or animation on uh, the rescuers. Again, you can kind of see that that same style. Um, Winnie yeah. the Pooh, kind of harder to do. Did he his, do? His he did style. rescue. He did rescuers, but did he do uh, rescuers down under? No, because the rescuers down under, I believe, came out in the early nineties. I think okay. I want to say it was like late eighties, early nineties, like ninety three for some reason sticks out of my mind, I, but I don't think that's right. It was in the nineties. I know that. Like, yeah. Um, which the rescuers down under for me was a. I loved that movie as a kid. Oh, I, absolutely, um, yeah. I I, I like down. I like down under better than the original. Yeah, I did I mean, too. Um, one one of the few Disney sequels that I thought was better than the original. Like, yeah, usually exactly. like Because, like, Disney's animated features have this horrible thing. Like, the first one was amazing, and then they always make a direct video second, third, etc. for some of them. And, like, you can tell, like, the animation quality, they are not using their A-team. The voice actors are all, I'll be honest, sometimes really bad voice imitators compared to the originals. And, like, they just they just don't have that, for lack of a better description, Disney magic, you know? Yeah, and it's it's... You know, one of those cash grab type things. Yeah, they they had a hot property. They're you know they're gonna they know it's gonna make money. It's not gonna make as much as the original, but it's gonna make money. Um, you know, I mean, look at look at look at Aladdin, Aladdin two, and Aladdin three. Like, granted, like Aladdin three was, but of the two sequels, was the best one. But that's not saying much when you're going up against Aladdin two. Well, yeah, I mean, Aladdin 2 had its issues, namely of most of which was there Robin Williams wasn't in it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so um, Don Bluth uh, has influences on a lot of different different properties, uh, moved on and uh, started his own studio. Um, you know, one of one of his first movies in his uh, in his his new studio was uh, The Secret of Nim, which oh, is, is one of my. That's easily my top one of his. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a fantastic movie. It's based on a book. Um, uh, I can't remember the name. It's like uh, the, the the rats of Nim, isn't that what it's called? It's um oh what's the what's the main main rats uh, uh Nic- mouse's Nic- name? Nicodemus. No, the, the no the female oh, mouse. Um, the, uh, Mrs. Brisby. Yeah, that that's what that's what the name of the book is. It's actually the uh, Mrs. Brisby and the and the, uh, the Rats, Rats of, of Nim. Nim or that's yeah, like yeah. That, so. which I, I recently saw that they are doing a Rats of Nim animated series. Uh, I don't remember what it's coming out to, but like it's supposed to follow the uh, the book's plot a lot closer. Which was a which I mean the, the cartoon is pretty dark, admittedly, but the book is a lot darker. Yeah, I mean the 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 movie is. Terror is really terrifying. Like, well, to, I mean, like to children. Like you, like, you look at Nicodemus, who's like you know the, this benevolent leader and only wants you know to free his people. But like in the cartoon, he was terrifying looking. Like, I oh, thought, yeah, like I thought he was scarier than the. Nails. I thought he was like, scarier than the owl. <laughs> he was. He he was the uh, Nicodemus. Like he's he's like saruman in rat form yes that is a very apt description i mean as far as physical appearance yeah he is saruman yeah, in rat like, form you know has the the long fingernails like the long beard yep. just you know and, and obviously you know this this is going to be kind of a spoilery episode but we were talking about a movie that came out in 1982 i, so. I think we're past the statute on that one sorry not sorry <laughs> um this movie is older than tim and i yeah it, uh, which is saying so something. Exactly, because we're old. We are. 
so you know the 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 death of Nicodemus was also terrifying as well. He, didn't he, he has like a cinder block fall on him? I believe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, which I mean, uh, I mean, like we we had, no, it, we had seen death in, in Disney films, but I mean that was pretty pretty brutal. I mean. Yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty brutal. I mean, they don't show anything. Like, obviously, yeah. it's one of those, like, you know, that you see the cinder block fall and, like, you know, the hushed gasps and everybody's trying to, you know, figure it out and whatnot. But, I mean, you don't see, like, a mushed rat. But, <laughs> I mean, a lot of the, you have. Right. A lot of the characters um, in that were beautifully animated, but also just terrifying. Like, the cat, Dragon, I think was his name. Right. It's like the one-eyed, like, the one-eyed evil like barn cat and right. this thing is just like menacing like it looks like a freaking badger yeah more than it does a cat it's just terrifying um so yeah i mean that was a that was that's kind of a harsher introduction into you know kind of don blues movie pantheon like right. he definitely like came out of the gate swinging yeah uh, yeah he did and but i mean it worked out because he had a lot a lot of films he did. I mean, he did have a lot of films, like among, especially amongst his studio and you know the, his own stuff. Um, you know, the next one I think was probably, arguably, the more popular of the two, which was uh, an American Tale. Yep. Uh, you know the story. A of, classic. Right. The story of you know Fievel and and the the Mouskowitzes. Yep. Yep. Yes, Nailed Mouskowitz. it. <laughs> um, you know their their journey to America. Uh, which spawned a sequel, uh, which was actually, again, in this case, I enjoyed the sequel more. Yeah, like, like um, yeah, and, uh, Five Goes West, I mean, that one, like, the animation in the first, uh, first Five was, was really good. Five Goes West, however, like, they, they kicked that up to another notch. I mean, everything was just so, so crisp, clean, colorful, you know, vi- everything was just vibrant, the characters were, like, super expressive, just... That is, no disrespect to Disney, but they need to take a page out of Don Bluth's book when it comes to their animated features. I mean, granted, I know Disney's doing just CG these days, but still, they should have looked at that and went, wait, you, you can make an animated sequel that's, that's good? I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you look at, um, you know, the, the sequel came out in, in 1994. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, yeah. So, and the original uh, American Tale came out in 1986. So there's a, a so, pretty decent time gap there. Yeah, I mean, there's a pretty decent time yeah. gap. But again, Don Blue Studios, they they probably used a little bit of CGI computer type stuff. But uh, even in his 94, when people think of like CGI in 94, they think, of, like, re- they think of like reboot. Um, <laughs> man, uh, that's, that, that was state of the art at the time, though, man. No, it really was. I think it actually hold uh, it. It's the uh, it was the first show that was fully animated in computer graphics. It was the first television show, uh, and it's Canadian, by the and way. It, it show uh, it shows. Yes. Uh, but yeah, so American t- uh, again. Don Bluth is characterized by doing hand drawn animation for the most part. You know, a lot of the traditional animation styles. Uh, so American Tale came out, and again, beautiful. Um, also. <clears throat> um, you know, star has some pretty good star power in it. Uh, John Cleese as uh, the main villain, Catter Wall. Oh uh, man, John Cleese. Ugh. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, uh, crap. What's his name now? Uh, John Lovitz as the spider. Uh, Chula. <laughs> yep. Um, you know, then you have uh, Dom DeLuise as Tiger, the cat. You have, uh, which we'll, we'll get to, we'll get to that him in a yep. minute. Um, and then you have uh, the the dog, um, George Bailey from It's a Wonderful Life. Jimmy Stewart. Yes. Uh, Jimmy Stewart. One of one of Jimmy Stewart's last uh, acting credits, really, was yeah. uh, was that. Um, which fun fact for you? Uh, Jimmy Stewart was actually a brigadier general in the uh, in the armed forces for the United States. See, we can be educational here. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know uh, that. So, yeah. Huh. yeah um, and American Tale had a few other, you know, directed DV. Those kind of suffered from the whole, you know. There, there were more than just the two. Uh huh. Yep. I was not aware of this. Yeah, uh, there were there were a few of them. Um, an American oh. Tale, The Treasure of Manhattan Island, An American Tale, The Mystery of the Night Monster, um, and apparently there was a TV series actually, really uh, called Fievel's American Tales back in 1992. Uh, so, I, okay, I I was under the impression there were just the two Fievel films, let alone you know. Several and a show, right? By the way, I was—I'm uh, going to correct myself. Um, uh, sorry, American Tale: uh, Five Goes West uh, actually released in 1991, not 94. Okay. So, my well, bad. I mean, but still, that's still a you know pretty decent time gap. Yeah. So, um, yeah. <laughs> we we mentioned a moment ago uh, Dom DeLuise, mm-hmm. uh, fantastic actor. Uh, also, also a chef, wasn't he? Yes, yes, yep. he was a chef. Uh, he was. A I, chef. I vaguely remember that. <laughs> uh, has a, a very distinct voice. Mm, absolutely, um, yeah. Did, yeah, did a, we do we mention him at all in our voice actor episode? I don't think so. Which I, is I sad. feel like we've we've done him a disservice, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, we we did. Uh, but yeah, no, Dom Dom DeLuise, Uh He's very distinctive voice. Um, appeared in, I think, almost all of Dom Luce's movies in he, he some way, in shape, or form. Quite a few of them, at the least. Yeah. Um, not necessarily always a main character, but at least he, you know, the main character, but at least a you know sidekick type type character. Um, and they had a very, they had a very um beautiful like working relationship, oh, obviously, because he was yeah. in, he was in so much so much stuff. Uh. Um, you know, check out, go and check out Dom DeLuise's, you know, acting credits. Uh, you know, he also, um, became really good friends with Burt Reynolds, uh, did a lot of stuff yeah. with Burt Reynolds. Um, they were in Cannonball Run together. Uh, oh, they, I, know, I forgot that Dom DeLuise also did some live action stuff. Uh-huh. He was Actually... in Smokey and the Bandit 2. Uh, he was, you know, they, they reprised their roles. Um, from Cannonball Run for an episode of Robot Chicken. Oh, did they uh, the really? Season. Yeah, it, it literally is the like. It it actually is Dom DeLuise and um, Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds, like L- like doing I, the voices. I, I'm looking through Dom DeLuise's uh, lists here, and like he did, he did a lot of stuff. I'm kind of surprised. I yep. I forgot uh, he. And... I forgot he was in Oliver and Company. That's that's one of my like favorite yeah. favorite obscure Disney films. Yep, Fagin. Um, yeah. Uh, the yeah, kind of goofy. The the, uh, the vagrant. Yeah, Fagin the vagrant, yeah, basically. Um. So yeah, um, 
but uh, you know, Don Bluth had uh, had other other movies within his pantheon that were uh, that were also really good. Um, you know, probably I want to say probably his most famous from back then, back in that that era was. I'm wondering uh, which one you're gonna say. <laughs> Land Before Time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that would which spawned like 500 sequels. And a TV series. <sighs> like, like uh, Land Before Time, like, I mean, that one, as a kid, the very first Land Before Time, like, was such a touching and well done. Even as a child, I recognized how good that was, which says something. But then, like, Land Before Time 2 came out, and I'm like, oh, a second one, let's watch it. And now everybody's singing and dancing, and this is not at all like the first one. And then they just yeah, went down they, downhill. They went, the, they went the the Disney route there. Um, quality definitely dropped off, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it was a very yeah. powerful movie. Uh, it was one of it was a few one of those movies that actually dealt with death well. Yes, um, absolutely. You know, with the, with the death of of Littlefoot's uh, mother, um, they treated it very well. You know, treated loss uh, and how to to manage that very yeah, well. Absolutely. So. Um. Yeah, it was a beautiful movie, and uh, I still have. Um, do you remember, uh, Tim, back in, uh, back when we were way younger, uh, when Pizza Hut had the, uh, the like the the puppets? Mm-hmm. I still have them. Oh my god! Around I, I, around, I here have somewhere. them somewhere. Like I imagine those might maybe be worth. Some, I mean, they were so mass produced that probably not. But it, I'd be interested to see if they are. You'd have to get one in, like, pretty pristine condition. Right. I mean, let's be honest. Most of us as kids were pretty rough on those. Yeah. Well, yeah, you, we you had to, like, freaking squeeze with all your might to get some of them to do anything, you know? Because they were, well, like, a solid uh, rubber handpiece. Yeah, I mean, that's really what it, I mean. It was just, like, <laughs> just, you could articulate the limbs just, a little just bit. seeing and, like, you mean... over there fisting the air. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Uh, anyway, um... Yeah, so yeah, they, uh, yeah, they were those were pretty rough. Um, but yeah, yeah, Land Before Time. I mean, like, like you said, I mean, when you saw Littlefoot's mother die again, if you haven't seen it at this point, tough luck. But uh, like that was like I remember just bawling my eyes out as a kid over that. Like I was more upset by that than I was Bam- like Bambi's mom dying. I'm like, oh, that's sad. Littlefoot's mother dying, I was inconsolable. Um, well, Bambi, Bambi's mother, she died off screen. Like yeah. there was no, there was no real emotional connection there, other yeah. than just seeing Bambi look for his mom. Right like, with Land Before Time, like they, and they set really up don't... an emotional bond with with Littlefoot and his mother. Right, and they don't like they don't in Bambi, like they don't actually come out and say that she's dead. Like right, because I think his dad comes out and just like, no, she's gone. Like we that's have, it. We have to leave, Bambi. Like it's it's very it it's veiled. Like they don't they don't come out and tell you like what happened. So they didn't to kids, young kids, that's probably fine. Like right. you know, the parents understood. The kids are probably like, Well, where did Bambi's mom go? Reno. Um, so, she went to Reno. Right. Um yeah. and so I mean basically Disney kinda took a cop out there and they, right. they left it up to the parents to to kind of explain. <laughs> you um, deal with this. Right, and again, Don Bluth, uh, like, nope, no, nope. no, nah, we're we're doing this. Yeah, we're doing this. Another another one of my movies, and things are gonna die. Yep. Um, actually, thinking about it, that's a 
It's a pretty good kind characterization of, a... of Don Bluth films. <laughs> like Let's things die here. in Don Bluth films. Dude, something died. Something died. I'm looking at the, the little image I have up. Something died. Something died. Something died. The movie's about dying. Uh, I I don't remember if anybody dies in that one. I don't think so. Which one? Uh, Rockadoodle. Because uh, even even the main bad guy doesn't die in that. Yeah, I'm trying to. Th- I don't. I think that was one of the one of the few that didn't have a a major death. Let's see, Thumbelina. I I don't know if I've ever watched that beyond clips. So I don't know. Uh, let's see. Anastasia. Yeah, I think there's a bad guy. I think there's a bad guy in that that dies. Okay, Anas- Anastasia. I mean, he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't definitely. die. He just goes to hell. So I mean, while alive. <laughs> Well, uh, I mean, no, he 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 dies because at the end of the movie, like his soul gets sucked oh, out. He yeah, turns yeah, into yeah. Elf, and that's and right. And then gets dust. yeah. Uh, let's see, Titan A. Um, yes, yeah. Uh, Troll in Central Park. I don't, I don't, because it's been a while since I've seen that one. I don't remember if anybody dies in that one. But I mean, it's 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 we're ratting like what eighty percent just off of those few that we t- we mentioned there. <laughs> yeah, e- e- yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, but all, yeah, so all handled very maturely too. Yeah, very uh, either maturely or they they didn't they didn't shy away either, from the it, fact that something died. Correct. Like you know, they're they're not really showing like people. For the most part, there's a few exceptions here. Mm-hmm. Getting shot and right. things like that, you know, or you know, being horribly mauled. Right. Um, that said, I just, you know, I think back to the scene, and we'll we'll jump to all dogs go to heaven. Right. <laughs> it's it's a movie about dying. Yeah, that's like, that's the whole point pets, of the movie. It, you know, it, it's pets dying, and it's it's you know, Burt Reynolds as Charlie, uh, right, and Dom DeLuise as his sidekick, Itchy, um, Itchy. Yep. Yes. Now, uh, now like for for the longest time I thought that Charlie was uh Charlie Sheen. He was. In the sequel. Charlie was in playing with the... Charlie. Okay, maybe yes. maybe that's in... what I'm thinking of, because I'm like, I remember that sounding a lot like Charlie Sheen. In in All Dogs Go to Heaven 2, the Burt Reynolds did not reprise the voice. Uh it was it, Charlie was played by Charlie Sheen. Winning. Yes. Uh, so, <laughs> Throw back to 2020, or to, to uh, 2000, I should say. Right. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, the uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven is a movie about, I mean, it's blatantly about death. Yeah. I mean, like, like, literally, like, one of the bad guys, like, wants to kill Charlie and does. I mean, that's... Yeah. Hits him with a car. Well, the really, if you think about it, like, this, the material for that movie is, is pretty dark, because, like, yeah. they get Charlie drunk... Mm-hmm. Take him out onto a pier. Yep. Then he gets hit by a car and dies. Yeah. Uh, they have, you know, the the one fat dog, uh, not Carface, but his yeah. like annoying sidekick. Yeah. Has a goddamn Tommy gun and tries <laughs> to kill Charlie with it. Yep. Like, is shooting up like a fruit stand <laughs> to try to kill Charlie. My cabbages. Like, um like i i i I learned growing up that owning a fruit stand is the most dangerous line of work you can get into especially in a city (laughs) anywhere anywhere there's a fruit stand it's a horrible job doesn't pay enough you might die you can have a fruit stand in the middle of the friggin sahara desert and somehow someone will like smash a car into it yep never fails 
Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, but, um, but yeah, the, the whole movie is about murdering the main character, and they do it. <laughs> I mean, yep, and then they keep trying to do it. Yep. And Carface gets eaten by an alligator off screen. Yeah. At the end, uh, the singing alligator, mm-hmm. um, which was always a, a fun. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that was kind of a fun twist. Well, but, um, and the 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 movie, I mean, dealt a lot with with morality as well. Um, as I mean, yeah. and re, uh, morality and consequence, because like Charlie dies, and like the tagline of the movie says, "All dogs go to heaven." So he goes to heaven, and uh, I, I don't remember the exact setup, but effectively. Uh, all pets that die have have a watch in heaven that you know stops at the moment of their death. Or, Char- or Charlie had a watch. Charlie had a watch that stopped at the moment. They, of his yeah, death. all the dogs do. All the dogs do. You yep. just you have to. Yeah, you kind of find your watch. But yep. But he he's you're, like, you're wait, so to. so if it stops, I'm dead, right? Yeah, that's that's the rules, Charlie. And he winds it and sends himself back down to earth. And they're like, no, if if you leave heaven, you you can't come back. And so like th- that introduced like. A frightening character, which is effectively like the dog devil, or the dog. I guess it'd be more like a dog grim reaper, but uh, yeah, yeah. But effectively, it's like no, Charlie. You you had one chance to go to heaven. You you can't go back to heaven. You you go to hell when you die. Now there's there's no around this. So I mean, Charlie's got that hanging over his head now. Yeah, and then there's you know the the implication obviously then the, with the sequel was that there there was a hell because he was. The main villain was there, effectively like the cat devil. Uh, you know, yeah. fi- they were trying to fight the cat devil. Um, <laughs> Which so... I mean, like any of you that own cats, like I mean, <laughs> there is no heaven. I'm sorry, cats are the spawn of the devil. <laughs> they are, which is interesting because you have three and I have two. And... Yep. I love my cats, so, but they they are they are horrid, horrid creatures, and I love them. Oh yeah, yeah. The, uh, the my fat cat was uh, he has been doing this thing lately where he wants to go and uh, sleep under my daughter's bed, yeah. but I don't want him in their room. So like I couldn't find him earlier, and I went, oh, I know exactly where he is because the the door was open. So I yeah. went in there and started trying to chase his ass out from under the bed, and he just sat under there and like growled and hissed at me. <laughs> so I had to like get a broom or something and like. Wop him out a few times to get him out from under there. <laughs> he was not very happy. Yeah, he was not very happy with me. <laughs> um, yeah, so all dogs go to heaven was definitely kind of a that was a, a very blunt uh, movie when it when it came yeah. to, to when it came to it. But it was a very again it was a very very well executed movie. Um, and the uh, the main human character uh, I can't remember her name. The, the little uh, girl, right? Yeah, the little girl. Uh, uh voiced a- by this a- game. Anna Marie. And yeah, Anne Marie, I think yep. it was. Yeah, Anne Marie, yeah. yep. Yeah. Voiced by the same uh young lady that also did the voice of Ducky in the original oh, um okay. All Dogs Go to Heaven. Uh we're gonna get a little melancholy here, uh, uh for uh, some trivia for you. Unfortunately, after that she never came back because she died. Oh um, in a in a very tragic uh turn of events. Um well, I'll just come out and say it. Uh, basically, her father kind of went off the deep end and killed oh. his whole family. Oh, ooh. Mm. yeah. So, um, I, I believe Don Bluth did a few tributes uh, to her um, in uh, in you know his later movies. But yeah, she uh, unfortunately, I believe All Dogs Go to Heaven was her last role. Uh, she died shortly thereafter. Sad. Yeah, it is. Um, 
So sorry about that, folks. But yeah. we'll try to get we'll try to get back into a little bit more you know levity here. Uh, speaking of uh, Rockadoodle, yes, uh, Rockadoodle. This, this is the movie that really started this conversation <laughs> yep. uh, and start and it was the inspiration for this show because uh, you know Tim's wife. Uh, we're we're on Discord together, and she mentioned Rockadoodle. Asked me about Rockadoodle the other day if I if I remember that movie. I went yes, we I did. And then I went wait, we've not done an episode about Don Bluth. I <laughs> yep. think we talked about it before, but we never we never actually did it. Yep. So uh, that's what brought yeah, it up. I mean, Rock Rockadoodle was was I think like compared to like a lot of the other films we talked about of his was was quite a bit different. Um, like it had had its darkness to it, but it was a lot more. I don't want to say upbeat, but that's like the best way I can think to describe it. I mean, it was it was yeah. different, but in a good way. Yeah, I mean, it was also one of those films that blended. It was one of those rare films that blended real, like live action, with yes. uh, uh, animation. Now, granted, the live action components were not very. I mean, they weren't in it for very long, um, though they weren't there for very long. Yeah. But you could definitely like. You could see those elements uh, in the uh, at the beginning, the very beginning, and the end of the. Yep. The, um, well, th- think of it like Wizard of Oz and the and Dorothy's Real World versus Oz. Only in the beginning and only in the end. Rockadoodle yeah. was the bright, colorful part in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, or you know, uh, another movie that um, you know I kind of like uh, that I like to reference is uh, the Page Master. Oh man, I haven't thought of that one in a while. That, that's not a Don Bluth, right? No, but you can see so. you can see a very similar style. Uh, yeah. Uh, to that one, um, it, it's. Uh, I'm trying to see who actually produced that movie. Was that, uh, that was Fox. That was actually no. Well, Fox Family Films, but it, uh, distributed by 20th Century. But it was actually done by Hanna Barbera. Huh. Yeah. That's quite a bit different than anything else they were doing at the time. Yeah, it's a, it's a little... It's interesting. Yeah, um, I didn't know that. But no, uh, Rockadoodle is is another, like... That's that's right up there pretty close with, with Secret and Them for me. Um, effectively, the, the whole premise of it is... It, it's the story of, of Elvis, more or less. Um, but, right. but told in a, a very exaggerated way. Um... It's based on a book as well, uh, if I remember right. Like a lot, I mean, like most animated feature films of this era, it's based on a story. You know, whether it's Don Bluth or Disney, that they took you know books and put them to film. But uh, uh, Chanticleer, the rooster, that was his whole thing. Was he would crow and the sun would come out, and everybody on the farm that was that was the truth. If Chanticleer didn't crow, the sun would not come out. When Chanticleer crows, the sun comes out. That's the law. That's yep. that's how it works. Well, then the the evil owls who they live in the night. They live in the darkness. That's what they do. Effectively, you know, captured Chanticleer, and the sun still rose. So everyone's like, "But, but he didn't crow. Why? Why? Why is the sun up?" And so Chanticleer, you know, his one purpose in life gone, leaves, goes off to like the equivalent of Hollywood, and becomes Elvis. <laughs> right. But like, like yeah, so it, many colorful characters in that film, though. Yeah, and it it had a it also had another one of those like all star casts that like you don't even mm-hmm. know like you don't realize it until 
like you you go and look at like the cast list. So mm-hmm. like the main like uh, the the Basset Hound uh, Patu. Mm-hmm. That, that's Phil Harris. Yeah. Who famously played Baloo the Bear yep. in in Disney's uh, Jungle Book um, from back in the day. Yep. Uh, the Grand Duke of Owls. Mm-hmm. Christopher Plummer. Right. Yeah. Like the legendary Christopher Plummer mm-hmm. is played, you know, plays, uh, you know, the Grand Duke of Owl, like the main villain. Yep. And does such a wonderful job of it, too. Oh, God, uh, yes. Like, yeah, the, uh, the only person I could see taking that role to another level would have maybe have been Christopher Lee. But, like, I think at that point, like, animation was probably not his thing. <laughs> Granted, this is, this is the same Christopher Lee that made a, a metal Christmas album. So, well, I mean, it might not true. have, it might have been up his alley. Yeah, uh, very true. Um, so, you know, the, uh, and another, another reoccurring character um, in, in Don Bluth films is, uh, is Charles Nelson Riley, mm-hmm. uh, who plays uh, Hunch, uh, the little, like, <laughs> the nephew to the Grand Duke. The little henchman, um, yep. But he, yeah, he has a very distinct voice. Like, he's also, you know, he played the fat dog that had the Tommy gun in. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven. <laughs> uh, he appears in, you know, several Don Bluth, Don Bluth films. So, you know, the and that movie was... I feel like that one had more of a, a more of a Disney feel to it. Yeah, it really did. Uh, yeah, probably because it actually had films. like you know it had like so, you know like musical numbers and whatnot, but you know it still had that that dark Don Bluth undertone though. Like, well, yeah, that... like like the, the the Grand Duke, like as as the film goes on and like he gets you know more powerful, like you see him like definitely become more of a a darker entity. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a fantastic movie, and it's it's a good, it's a good mild, relatively mild introduction to, to Don Bluth, but you still get those same Don Bluth elements, just nobody dies. Right. Uh, At least, so, not, not that I can remember, because... I, like, I don't think anyone... Because even, even the Grand Duke, like, loses all his power and, like, shrinks down to itty-bitty size. So, I mean, like, if the main bad guy, and I don't remember any major good characters that died, so I don't... I don't think anybody dies in that one. No, I mean they they there's a you know they reference peepers the the mouse potentially you know going down or, or you know, but it's ultimately not right. She's still there. So yeah, she's still there. So yeah, I mean Don Bluth is a. I mean that was a. I, I again I felt a was a really it was a nice mild introduction to uh, to his movies. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, then, uh, in in his pantheon next is, is Thumbelina. Uh, so are, which, are, are I you are you... you look? You can't see the image I put up uh, on our video feed, but uh, you so far have listed like maybe this picture is just in order, but like so far you've gotten everyone in the order it is on this image. So maybe <laughs> maybe they went on chronological order here. But maybe uh, they they might have. Um, but, but yeah, Thumbelina was one that uh, I said this earlier. I didn't really... I've seen clips. I, I don't recall seeing it in its entirety. Mostly because, like, when when that came out, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's not a movie for me. My uh, my little sister, uh, who's five years younger than me, um, she really liked that movie, if I remember correctly, and saw it several times. Okay. So, you know, I, by extension, have <laughs> saw it. But it's one of those movies that I easily forget about until, yeah. until later. But it, it's also probably not one of the 
better known Don Bluth movies. Right. I, it was, um, you know, it's the story of Thumbelina. And I think one, for me, one of the main detractors uh, of it was the, uh, uh, very racist gypsy frogs that are in it. Yeah. I mean, like, like that, that's a movie that it doesn't really hold up, uh, content wise. No. No, I mean it, it was again. It was a movie from back in the night, nine, you know, early nineties. It released in nineteen ninety four. I am not forgiving it, but that right. was again. That was the humor of the time. Yeah. You know, sadly, take you know, people take your cancel culture crap and and just stow it. Like it, it's like going back and reviewing Friends. Me like, well, they make they make gay jokes all the time. Like, well, yeah, that it came out in the late nineties. Like that was just the humor of the time. It doesn't make it right but right? that's no, just it what it was um so thumbelina is kind of the same way you know they i i think i think somebody dies in that one Maybe. if i remember correctly but it, it, we're not really going to spend a lot of time on that one because neither tim or i really saw it we're like we saw it but we just don't remember much we about saw it. it we just didn't see it um <laughs> yeah uh now the next movie though um which also came out in the same year, so it was a very busy uh, time for Don Bluth, uh, a, a troll in Central Park. Okay, yep. That, I, I, so I know what the next two movies you're going to mention are, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so A Troll in Central Park. Um, that movie, I felt, was another really good one mm-hmm. that I really enjoyed. Um, it, was, it, was, it was a good, it, cute film, you know? Yeah, cute film, and, you know, and dealt with dealt with different themes of being a child. And yeah. in this case, you know, like, I don't want to say abandonment, but just, you know, like, you know, absentee parents, yeah. you know, trying to find, like, yourself, trying to find, uh, you know, a... Your you know, place. Your place, really. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that's the whole, I mean, that's the whole thing with the main character, too. I can't remember his name. Uh, Stanley? Bilbo yeah, Stanley. Baggins. Uh, no. I was close. Uh, yeah, but I mean... Yeah, I think it was Stanley, actually. Yeah, I mean, he voiced by Dom DeLuise. Um, so he gets a starring role. Yes, he gets his starring role. Uh, also featured, you know... Oh, shoot, I just opened the wrong thing. Uh, <laughs> well, here's here's something for you. Uh, Jody Benson starred as the as uh, Thumbelina in, uh, in Thumbelina. Jody um, Benson, why do I know that name? The voice of Ariel from The Little Mermaid. Oh, okay. So, all right. So she, I, I'm noticing a lot of like those classic Disney actors working for Tom, uh, Don Bluth here. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you can't. It's kind of hard to turn down a turn down a role, right? Right. But, um, but, well, I, again, decent. There was there wasn't a huge cast in that movie. There, like, really wasn't, there yeah. wasn't. There wasn't a whole lot of characters. Uh, but it was very, you know, very cutesy, like very, you know, supposed to be fun for kids. Uh, right. Cloris Leachman uh, played oh, the main man. villain. Yeah. The main villain in that. Uh, so, you know, I can very distinctly hear, you know, her her voice as yeah. that character just yep. so menacing and like yeah, menacing, but funny at the same time. Right. Um, but that was a movie that really dealt well with with those childhood elements uh, that I feel like they did a good job of uh, kind of maintaining that, uh, you know, that, that innocence and how to, you know, how to navigate some of these, these areas of your life. And I think maybe that's something that we could characterize by several of Don's uh, Don Blue's films is just like they treated childhood and these elements of life with much more, 
realism, I feel like, than mm-hmm. they did with uh, than the, than Disney did. You know, Disney was the the make you feel good stuff. Don Bluth <laughs> right. was the Don Bluth was the this is shit you got to deal with in life, folks. Like, yeah. Sorry. Um, so, all right. Well, you know the you know the movie order that I'm going in. What's the next one? Oh, let's see. The the next one should be. Uh, let's see, we just did Trollstar Park. Uh, Pebble and the Penguin. That is correct. Yep. Which is is uh, I, I just noticed is not on this image, but I, I luckily had the uh, wiki page pulled up. <laughs> uh, but okay. yeah, yeah, Pebble and the Penguin. Um, like I remember watching that one and like. It was fun, but it wasn't wasn't one of my like top tier ones, you know. I mean, it was very characteristically a Don Bluth film, um, but just I, I don't know if it just was a story or what it was about it. I just I didn't I liked it, but I didn't like it as much as honestly any of the others we've mentioned apart from Thumbelina because I didn't really watch that one. Um, which I mean, fun fact, like like looking here as well. Um, and, uh, his animated film, Thumbelina, was actually the only one of his animated films, uh, with the exception of an older direct-to-TV film, Banjo and the Woodpile Cat. Thumbelina was the only one that he, uh, Don Bluth was the director, producer, and writer for. The rest of them, he was either, you know, director and producer or just director. That's the only one that he was all three. So, fun little, fun little trivia. Yeah, um... Pebble and the Penguin was another one of those movies that uh, was, I mean, it was we it was saw there. we saw a lot in my household because again it was one of the, I mean we had it on VHS my brother and sister enjoyed it uh, you know it's a you know fun little journey you know it's a story of like growth and you know yeah. acceptance of yourself you know finding who you are type thing and. You know, again, had a decent cast of characters. Martin Short as Hubie, the main yep. character. Um, Annie Golden as the main female character. Jim Belushi yeah. uh, was in it. As, I mean, he was probably he was probably the second best character in that. Um, and the second best Belushi. Correct. Um, and then, <laughs> so, sorry, also, Jim, you're awesome. <laughs> uh, I mean, he grows weed now, so. That's what he does now? Yeah. I mean, he, I'm not surprised, a... but. He's a pot farmer. Um, he's got a, like there's a whole TV show about it. I oh. can't remember what it's called, but oh, yeah. Interesting. Uh, Tim Curry as the main uh, villain. Tim Curry. Uh, yes, it's hard to talk about. Like we we've mentioned this. We mentioned him during our voice actors uh, uh, episode, but um, it's hard to talk about like old cartoons and stuff like that without talking about Tim Curry because oh. the dude is legendary. Absolutely. Uh, so you know. It was uh, it was a good. I mean, had good star power. Story was a little light. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't say hackneyed or anything like that, but it just wasn't. Didn't have as much gravitas as the others. Yeah, I so. mean, it, it started. There was some conflict. It ended. I mean, just not saying it's a bad movie, but just wasn't. It, it almost <clears throat> seemed like they they brought their B team on for that one. You know? I mean, well, I mean, again, it. That one released, uh, you know, right in a flurry of Don Bluth films. So, yeah. All Dogs Go to Heaven was 89, Rockadoodles 91, Thumbelina 94, Troll in Central Park 94, Pebble and the Penguin 95. I mean, they were all, uh, like, pretty, like, especially 94 to 95, there were a lot of things they did. So, I mean, I'm wondering if that's an issue of his team was just spread, and himself, were just spread way too thin, almost. Because, I mean, it was, yeah. you know, 
if we move on a little bit, it was, uh, you know, two years before we saw his mm-hmm. next film, Anastasia. Yep. Which, I mean, is more based on the, the romanticization of uh, uh, Rasputin and what he did with the, czar, the last Tsar of Russia. Right. Uh, the Romanovs. Uh, yes, the Romanovs. Um, not, not, also... not, not Natasha, though. She's a completely different Romanov. Ale- uh, well, well, I don't know. I, I, isn't, isn't that like her, her MCU uh, like, origin thing that she's like a... Like a offshoot descendant of the Romanovs, or is that just a Russian name they gave her? I think it's just a descendant, or it's a Russian name that they gave her. Right. Um, I can't remember. Yeah, like, I again, can't remember it, with with comic book characters, like their backstories get retconned and yep. every five minutes. Ain't so. that the truth? <laughs> um, yeah. So this one, uh, I feel like, was a much more critically acclaimed movie, and yeah. so did the box office. Yeah, um, yeah, they did. So it had a budget of fifty million, and it made a, it had a box office uh, take home of one hundred forty million. Not bad. Not so. For an animated film I mean, in those days, almost. Not bad. Yeah, almost tripling your you know your your budget uh, in in your take home. So it was very it was a profitable movie. It was a very very good movie. It was a very successful movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think thanks in part to a good story, entertaining yeah. and engaging characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, really like the worst part about that movie was the dog. Oh yeah, I forgot about the dog. Yeah, like she had a dog, and it really didn't serve to drive the story any more than yeah. it was a dog. There there was an animal, but I mean, they had Bartok, who, that was all the animal we needed for that film. <laughs> Correct. Uh, voiced by Hank Azaria. Um, you know, a fun character, but yeah, that we the this movie had um, I think an even bigger like star power, which probably yeah, it did. explains the $50 million budget. Um, you know, Meg Ryan, uh, John Cusack, yep. uh, Kelsey Grammer, yeah, Christopher Lloyd, uh, Hank Azaria, uh, Bernadette Peters. Um, I forgot about this. Kirsten Dunst was in it as young Anastasia. Oh, huh. yeah. Um, Angela Lansbury. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. As the the Dowager Empress. Um, and fun fact for you, um, uh, Rasputin has a musical number in it. Uh, he's voiced, tradi- you know, he's voiced by Christopher Lloyd. Uh, however, his singing voice is Jim Cummings. Oh, no. Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh. Yep. <laughs> Winnie, the, Winnie the Pooh. Tigger. Uh, every, in everything that Disney has touched in the last 30 years. Yep. Um, yeah. No, it's, he is the, he is the, the that's singing cool. voice that's for Rasputin. That's pretty Rat cool, Pooh. actually. Um, which he also did the, the singing voice for, uh. Um, Jeremy Irons uh, when he played Scar in uh... really I, like I thought that was Jeremy Irons singing. No, uh, if you go back and if you go back and listen to uh, listen to the the main musical number, which was uh, be prepared, uh, be prepared. Yep. Uh, it's not it's not uh, Jeremy Irons. It's, really? it's Jim Cummings singing. Like you okay. listen to it. Jim, like I know we we kind of talked about this in our, our voice actor episode. Jim Cummings, like, the more I learn about this man, the more just amazing he is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's a, uh, the, the, he's the, a minor bird. I believe the, I believe the, the, uh, Jeremy Irons started, um, possibly started singing the song. Okay. But, uh, during, uh, during recording, he actually threw his voice out and couldn't record oh. the song. That's why he, he tried 
to do the the recording, but he couldn't. So right. you know the 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 latter half of you know because the I believe the beginning of the song uh, features Scar kind of uh, monologuing. You know, monologuing. You know, he it's not real like singing. It's almost like you know Shakespearean prose type thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, melo- it's very melodic prose. Like mm. it's not quite a hundred percent singing, but yeah, yeah, the the latter half of the song is definitely Jim Cummings. Oh. Uh, uh, singing that for me, so. actually, yeah. Man, that guy is so talented. <laughs> yes, he really is. Yeah. Like, it really is. But yeah, um, back to Anastasia. Uh, you know, we talk about you know, obviously, death features a uh, pretty prominently yeah. in a lot of blue films, and we mentioned it earlier. You know, Rasputin dies uh, and basically, you know, gets his soul sucked out of his body. Or did uh, he? Right. So okay. So, so speaking of Rasputin, I was actually reading an article that they they have. Uh, actually figured out, like, how Rasputin actually died. And, like, like the story that he was, you know, shot, poisoned, stabbed, drawn and quartered, drowned, blah, 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 blah. Most of those accounts were wrote by the guy that actually killed him. <laughs> so, there was some embellishment. Uh, what they're saying is, more than likely, he, he was shot, died from the gun wound, they threw him in the river, and when they, uh, you know, because they said, oh, you know, when we drug his body out of the river, there were claw marks on the ice. He was still trying to escape. And the, there wasn't. There were no claw marks on the ice. They, they shot him, and he died. I mean, it's it's like, it, Anastasia is, is a good showing that, you know, history can be romanticized quite a bit. And like most of us, you know, you know especially of our generation, grew up, that was the story of Anastasia. You know, the the princess that lived, and, like, the Romanovs didn't. I'm gonna, sorry to, you know, rip off the candy-coated band-aid, the Romanovs did not live. They all, in fact, died. Um, historically, I believe like, they, uh, I believe they actually found their remains in a well? I, I think, uh, it was, it was, it was, a, it it was, was like a like sealed-up well. Yeah. yeah, and then they, they, they did genetic testing, and they did, in fact, find all uh, of them. All of them, yeah. including Anastasia. Yeah, which, which I mean, is, is sad, but I mean, it was just that that was the period of history in Russia. There was a lot of civil unrest because of a lot of things that happened. Um, right. But I mean, historically, Rasputin was always there in the background. Um, if you ever get a chance, like, look up, like, if you can find any documentaries on Rasputin, or uh, I wish I could find it. There was a YouTube channel that... That's all they do is they find, like, romanticized historical figures and give you the historically accurate, like, no, this is how their life actually went. And there was one that I, I had, uh, I was listening to about Rasputin, and there's a lot of stuff about him I didn't know. He, like, historically, really interesting figure, but not the Rasputin that we know from, from popular media by right. any stretch. <laughs> right. So... Especially yeah, not the, the, uh... the Hellboy version of uh, Rasputin. <laughs> Which... <laughs> Like I, I actually have a, I think it's it's the Hellboy comic version, but I have a Rasputin Funko Pop over there actually. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh... It, it, it was a fun movie. Um, I mean, still that classic Don Blue style, but I mean, we're getting more into the the more modern of his films. Um, really good characters. Just everything about it was just it was it was enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. No, it uh, it was. It was a very—I thought it was a very good movie—and again, the box office agreed. Yeah. Um, and you know, they it it made a decent amount of money. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, the, the also, next also had, well, there was a, we probably won't talk about it a whole lot, but there was also a direct-to-video spinoff uh, of that, Bartok the Magnificent. Because Bartok was kind of the, the breakaway kid's favorite character from that. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, I, I never actually saw that one. I knew yeah. it came out, and I went, why? No, uh, not for me. Yeah, I'll pass on that one. Like, yeah. I, I am aware it's a thing, but I, I, as far as my memory goes, anyway, I don't remember watching it, so. Yeah. Um, anyway, but, you know, now I think we can jump a few years to, you know, the, the, uh, the next major, and I think really, like, the last major yeah. uh, movie that, that Don Bluth uh, and his team released, which was Titan AE, yeah. um, which AE means After Earth. Uh, which, I mean, admittedly, like, you, you really enjoyed this one, if, I, if memory serves. Yeah, there's something about, like, I, <clears throat> I recognize it's not, like, an amazing movie. Right. But I enjoyed it. Like there, there's just quite something a bit different about, than his other films. Yeah, they're quite a bit different. I mean, very much a a more adult, uh, you know, a, a much more adult centered movie. I mean, it deals with you know death and betrayal and loss and you know all of these things. And it's just it was a it was again such a powerful awful movie and it also you know featured some decent computer graphics i mean the I, dredge the time, were all absolutely yeah yeah the dredge were the the energy aliens and they were all done you know cgi yeah. it was, now it was, i remember it also had a, a really good soundtrack too yeah uh i believe uh creed i think uh did some songs for it uh i believe power man 5000 was on there uh <laughs> yeah, I, I had one uh, you know, one one song on the soundtrack. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was a, you know, it, it's a movie that's set in the future. Uh, basically, the, the dredge uh, come and destroy Earth, and it's a, you know, follows, uh, you know, K.L. Tucker, who's this, uh, the son of a, sci a genius scientist who's, um, you know, he is, he basically had found, or founded this new technology called the Titan. Uh, and they don't really tell you like what it does. They just know that it could, you know, change the f the fate of the universe type thing. And I, I uh, which up, uh, Power Man Five Thousand did have a song on theirs. Uh, so did uh, Jamiroquai, actually. God bless you. <laughs> right. Um, I don't see Creed on there though. Uh, Lit, Electricity, The Urge, Bliss Sixty Six, Splashdown, Luscious Jackson, uh, Power Man Five Thousand, Fun Loving Criminals, Texas. Uh, Jamiroquai and the Wailing Souls. I don't see, uh, yeah, I don't see Creed on there. I, I thought maybe there's just another band that's kind of like a, a Creed mimic. Maybe. Uh, hard for me to say. Um, yeah. So the the movie didn't do well. It had a budget of upwards of ninety million. It only made thirty six. Yeah. Like I. Did, so. I'm wondering if, like, other stuff came out at the time, or if it just wasn't marketed well. I mean, because it wasn't a bad movie at all. It was yeah. enjoyable. Yeah, no, it, it was enjoyable. Um, let's see. Yeah, sorry, I was just uh, taking a look real quick. Um, yeah, uh, it, uh, it, it's unfortunate, but, I mean, I, I enjoyed, I think part of it was I, I also enjoyed the casting in this one a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, they had really good cast, uh, Matt Damon as the main character, yep. uh, Bill Pullman, who, you know, 
I grew up with him as, as you know, the president from from Independence Day. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and he, you know, he's in several other things uh, that we enjoyed. Uh, John Leguizamo. Who you know, who did Leguizamo play in that? I, I forgot. He plays Goon, the little like weird turtle frog thing that has oh, like the glasses. Oh yeah, yeah, man! Like he he played a lot of just oddball characters in that era. He still plays a lot of well, oddball I mean, characters. What? He, he's a lot. He's got a lot more serious roles now, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was in season two of The Mandalorian. Yeah, he was. Yeah, that was that's true. Yeah. Like John, like John yeah. Leguizamo, like he's one of those like. If you mention the name, everybody's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I know that guy." I mean, as Luigi Mario, but uh, yeah. Like, uh, do you remember uh, talking John Leguizamo? Do you remember the movie The Pest? Yeah, which which was a uh, comedy riff on the uh, story The Most Dangerous Game, <laughs> which was not a thing I ever thought would exist. But like that one, like I thought that movie was just it was so dumb that it was funny. But John Leguizamo made that role work. <laughs> right. That's that's one of my favorite films of his. But no, yeah, uh, I mean, well, he was also in, uh, you know, Spawn as the clown. Yeah. The, clown the Violator. Uh, violator. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I always enjoyed that one uh, as well. Um, I know that, I believe, didn't I hear that they're working on... Doing a new spawn, like a reboot of spawn it, or something it, it like that. It has been in development hell for years. I mean, I I recently heard some new news about it, so I mean that that's good at least. Like spawn, like the only concern I'd have about a new spawn film is like when it came out, there were a few other superhero movies of that era that there weren't many, so you could, you know, take your time and enjoy them. With it coming out in the the era of, you know, the powerhouse of Marvel and with with DC still, apart with a few exceptions, their more recent movies have all been pretty good. Um, but to bring, I mean, like Spawn is a, a well-known character. I mean, you can show somebody a picture of Spawn. If they have any passing knowledge of superheroes, he's pretty recognizable. I mean, I wouldn't say he's a household name, but people know who he is. Kind of like John Leguizamo. Right. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, I'd be worried that, you know, even with, like, McFarlane, like, helming it directly and wanting it to be more true to the source material, I'm wondering how well it would do in, in the era of, of, well, Marvel. I think that's a fair, that's a fair shake, uh, you know, if, if we're being honest. I mean, like, I, I'd still like to see it because, like, the original Spawn film I thought was okay. Uh, the HBO animated series, though... Keith David. Oh my god. I thought that was phenomenal. Like I I wish they would have continued more of that. Especially like like when it came out, like I started actually looking into Spawn and like like the comic had gone on a long way from where they were at in the series. Like it got like HBO has never been one to shy away from, you know, controversial material. It's, you know, I mean, look at Game of Thrones, you know. But uh like Spawn, like especially in its later later years, got into, like, I mean, literally dealing with, with the forces of heaven and hell, literally fighting. I mean, they, they touched on it, like, the beginning of the series and the early parts of the comics, but, I mean, it gets to the point where, like, Spawn is literally fighting God and the devil themselves. <laughs> but, but anyway, so, so back to, back to Dom DeLuise. Um, yeah, Titan AE, like, it, it wasn't a bad film, but, like, 
I'd be interesting to do a little more re interested to do a little more research on that and see was it marketing? Was it like did people just not think it looked good? Was there something else big that came out at the time? You know what what was it that caused that to be financially a, a failure? Yeah, uh, it, it's. It, I, I would like to know uh, as well. I, I think for me, because um, that that was his his last like major animated ma film. Yeah, yeah. Um, for me, for Titan AE, there, like it, it was it more mostly a traditionally hand drawn movie. Yeah. Uh, I think it clocks in at maybe like ninety to a hundred and. You know, you know, ninety minutes or you know, ninety right around like an hour and a half long. Um, the movie itself, I thought was, I felt like the story was too rushed. Actually, oh wait, that's the soundtrack. Uh, the movie itself was seventy-six minutes fifty-five seconds. Yeah, I mean the movie, uh, the movie needed to be either longer or really a series. Yeah, uh, like a limited series, like a thirteen episode series or something like that. Like it was, it was. I feel like it had a really good potential story. Like it had good potential, but it was just. I there were components of it that fell flat as far as the execution right. went, and actually, which I think I, is probably I, what hurt. It. To correct myself real quick, I was actually looking at the the limited edition uh, of the soundtrack's length. The movie, excuse me, was ninety four minutes. Sorry. Okay, so yeah, right around, you know, about an hour, an hour and a half. half. It's an hour, just just over an hour and a half. Yeah, um, yeah so I mean, I, I think it just needed, it needed more, it needed to be longer, and I think it, like, yeah, it felt like they really rushed the conclusion of the movie. Um, but, it, again, I mean, it was, it was decent, um, you know, it it uh, it it was nominated for some awards. Um, you know, Saturn Award for Best Sci-Fi Movie, Satellite Award for Best Motion Picture. Well, say, and, and uh, looking at uh, its wiki page here, it was actually it was produced by Fox Animation Studios as its third and final project. Uh, yeah. It was theatrically released on June sixteenth, two thousand, by Twentieth Century Fox in the states. Uh, it received mixed reviews from critics, and as we previously stated, made a loss at the box office. Yeah, Janine Garofalo yeah, was in that. Uh, who? Janine Garofalo. Uh, Ron oh. Perlman was in it. Uh, yep. Oh, and Tone Loke. Yep. Uh, Drew Barrymore obviously is one of the main characters. Yep. Uh, um, kind of Nathan Lane. Uh, so. Oh yeah, yeah. Nathan Lane was in that. Uh, yeah, the um, you know the general critic response seems to have been you know, one of the one of the the critic reviews here that I'm I'm seeing is you know basically great visuals but the story feels like a cut and paste job of other sci-fi movies, which I mean it's a pseudo kids movie I think yeah. it came in with a PG maybe PG thirteen rating. I was gonna say uh, looking at Rotten Tomatoes here, um, it has a audience score of sixty percent and a tomato meter score of fifty percent. So I mean, yeah. So I mean, there there was some uh, there's definitely some problems, and I think it was likely a component of problems at Fox Animation right. in reality. Um, yeah, 
you know, I wish it. I wish it had an. Uh, you know, I wish th- it's one of those movies that I, I do kind of wish that somebody would pick up to like a remake or a revival. Yeah, that'd, that'd be kind of neat. Like that. that. Uh, and kind of give it, give it a more, give it more of a, uh, give it another chance, really. Because right. um, it was, it's one. Of, it's also one of the few properties I feel like that didn't have some kind of sequel or or anything uh, you else. Know, or, or anything else. I mean, I mean did, if did it have a video game? I think they had. If I look at the wiki page, I think they said it had a canceled video game. Okay, because I like I vaguely yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah, canceled video game. Like, because I vaguely remember hearing something about that. Um, oh, for original PlayStation. Yeah. Uh. So. Yeah. But anyway. Um. Yeah. So that was like Don's. Don Bluth's like last major film. Yeah. Um, apparently, he worked on uh, "Gift of the Hoopai," Hoopo, uh, as a short film back in two thousand nine. But has generally been a the hoopoo. Yeah, the hoopoo uh, has generally hoopoo, been a you prost. <laughs> Um, has generally been kind of, you know, out of it for, for a little while, but, um, also had, again, they had, uh, some accolades, uh, in the video game realm, uh, like we said, uh, Dragon Slayer, Space Ace, uh, those were two arcade classics. I think they actually just brought, remastered them and just re-released it, I I think, think. uh, Dragon Slayer, I believe. Um, and, uh, you know, Don Bluth is, uh, he's actually working on, a. Uh, he has a, apparently an Indiegogo um, to fund a, a, a movie. What, um, when was he born? 1937. Oh my gosh. Like, you know, I, like I, I was under the impression that he passed away. No, nope, wow. he is still alive. Holy crap. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Born in still yeah, alive. September 13th Oops. to 37, worked for Disney from actually three different times. Uh, or two different times, excuse me, from 55 to 57, uh, then from 71 to 79, and worked for Filmation from 67 to 70. So it looks like he, he worked at Disney until 57, took a couple years off, worked at Filmation from 67 to 70, and then went back to Disney from 71 to 79, and then started doing his own thing. Huh. Yep. Man, yeah, I didn't realize he was still alive. I. Wow, kudos yeah, I mean, to Mr. Just Bluth. Don't... Yeah, you just don't hear a lot about him, obviously. I mean, right. he's 83 years old at this point. Right. Um, you know, going relatively strong, I think. Uh, haven't really heard much about him, and it, right. it will be his birthday here coming up soon. Oh, yeah, he um, would. So, you know, happy, happy early birthday, Mr. Bluth. Uh, thank you for, yes, for all the memories. Uh, <laughs> yes, happy early birthday. Uh, soon to be 84. Um well, I mean, and like that just kind of like speaks to his legacy that he and you and I kind of talked about this before the show that there was a lot of other films of that era that like you can tell. And I mean, we I'm sure we could save these for another episode. Huh? Um, there are a lot of other films of that era, like when he was churning out movies as quickly as Disney was, that you can definitely tell like they took influence pretty heavily. Like I, that's why I had the wiki page pulled up because there are a lot of movies and I'm like, oh, that's got to be a Don Bluth film, and it's. Not on that list. It wasn't a Dom. There are several that were not Don Bluth films, but you would be, you know, forgiven for being mistaken that they were his films because either through animation style or content or just overall presentation, 
Yeah, so but I mean again, we can save yeah, that I for mean the... another another episode of non Disney movies, which I think we did that already, didn't we? Um Well we can barely remember what we did last week, alright guys? <laughs> I I don't even remember what I had for breakfast. I had cottage cheese for lunch, I know that. Well, there, Nothing there says it. lunch like cottage a bowl of cottage cheese. <laughs> uh, spoiled milk curds, yum. Round up a pig, put it in a can, scrap bowl. Um. Yeah, so uh, I think that'll probably do it for us tonight. But yeah. uh, you know, you thank you for joining point. us in our in our our uh, jog down uh, memory lane, in, as Tim said, into the land before time. Um, but not the land before time two through four hundred. <sighs> Don't get Hang me started. On. I have to before we sign off. I have to find out how many land before time movies are there. <laughs> there are, my gosh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Land Before Time, Land Before Time, The Great Valley Adventure, Land Before Time, The Time of Great Giving, Land Before Time, Journey Through the Mist, Land Before Time, The Mysterious Island, Land Before Time, The Secrets of Saurus Rock, Land Before Time, The Stone is a Stone of Cold Fire, Land Before Time, The Big Freeze, Land Before Time, Journey of Big Water, Land Before Time, The Great Long Neck Migration, Land Before Time, Invasion of the Tiny Sauruses, Land Before Time, The Great Day of the Flyer, Land Before Time, The Wisdom of Friends, and Land Before Time, Journey of the Brave. Only one of those matters. Anyway. <laughs> it was... Uh, yeah. Goodness. Uh, but thank you, Mr. Bluth, for giving us uh, at least the original that was so beloved and well-received. And there is a currently uh, direct-to-video uh, Journey Before Time 15, Journey to Sharptooth Mountain. Uh, it's coming later this year. Well, that was announced back in 2020, so we'll see. Um... <laughs> Wait, is there a Land Before Time 16? There's a Land Before Time what? 16 also in production. Oh my, so 15 came out. There's 16 of these. What? So apparently they're just hiring All right. fresh animators All or right. shipping it off to Malaysia or somewhere I, I for know. cheap. And I guess... They're gonna keep milking that that thing, and so long as it keeps making money, I don't know how, but it's making money apparently. I guess. Oh my goodness, there are a lot of land before time. A lot more than I thought. Like I was joking that there were four hundred of them. I didn't realize there was anything past like ten or eleven. Honestly, wow. Okay. So on that uh, weird note, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll probably wrap it up here. But uh, thank you again, Mr. Bluth, for uh, those childhood memories. Oh, absolutely, um, yes, yes. Giving us something besides uh, Disney. Um, you know, you know, I to to every to every you know where there is light, there must be dark. There must be shadow. Uh, so you know, and and Don Bluth is a, it's wonderful movies, uh, but and they deal with some pretty heavy core real life issues oh, that you know, thankfully. Um, he was willing to tackle some of those uh, in a very respectful manner uh, and yeah, able to educate so. kids. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, even my kids have seen several of his movies. Yeah, um, same, same. Yeah, I need to, uh, I need to get a hold of a Rockadoodle. Yeah, I, I, so do I. Like, it's a shame there's not, like, Don Bluth Plus. I mean, for all, 
like 12 of his movies. But still, like, it, it, it'd be nice if, if they were... I mean, I'm sure they're on Amazon or what have you. Um, but I'd like to like to find some of those and watch them. Again. For sure, for sure. Give me some nostalgia just looking at the uh, the images of my other monitor over here. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, folks. Well, I think that'll do it for us tonight. So we thank you for joining us. Uh, you can find all of our old material hosted on Anchor.fm, uh, where they are our platform central and uh, service up to uh, other. Uh, podcast providers uh spotify apple podcasts google podcasts uh, i think there's like seven of them in total and you can also listen directly there uh you can catch the uh video recording of this on youtube uh non sequitur nerds uh we do have a twitch uh which we are broadcasting live if you're interested in uh seeing us uh live yep and if you uh, if you hop in we have, we have chat up we'll be more than happy to talk with you during the show yeah or even afterwards mm-hmm. um and then, of course, uh, you know, thank you. You can find us on social media uh, on uh, Facebook uh, at uh, facebook.com slash non sequitur nerds and at twi- uh, Twitter at non sequitur nerd. We are more active so, on Facebook, though. I will say that. Yes. Lately, anyway. Yep. <laughs> uh, until the ADD kicks in and then, you know. We, yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so with that, I think we will go ahead and let you go. And uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, so. Uh, we'll catch you guys later. Uh, uh, signing off for the night. Uh, I'm Ian. And I'm Tim. Good night, everybody. Bye.